Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Well, welcome to starting your successful private practice this year. I am Kelly Higdon. And I am Miranda Palmer. And we want to welcome you. Uh, We are two therapists who now do business coaching. And um, we're obsessed with helping therapists like all of you create really holistic and happy lives and businesses, things that all work together. Yes. Right? Yes. So... This is about today is about starting your practice in a way that is sustainable and joyful for you and your clients. This is day one of our joy rally. This joy rally has different trainings for every day. And if you are here, that is our focus. So are you ready to start your private practice this year? And we're talking about joy and ease. We want to hear from you. Well, you, because during this time, we're hoping that you'll make some key decisions that can truly change everything about your life and your private practice. So let's see. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Let's go. Also, as a reminder, stick around because at the end, we will be giving away a $50 Etsy gift card. We're done with Amazon. We want to support more <laughs> makers and creators and yes. locals. And we are going to give away a free lifetime entry to our business school for therapists worth $1,950. I love seeing all the yeses here. I love the enthusiasm. So this is your, your year. You want to be full of yourself. You're not fitting into boxes and in systems that don't work for your clients, right? You care about the outcomes of the services that you provide. Yes. And you want to love your life and have a business that supports health and balance. And now is a great time to start. There are more resources than ever before. The normalization of mental health is continuing to grow. There's a high demand that can't be met currently. And there's a need for unique therapists, representative of the actual communities that they live in. And that's you. We have done this for over 25 years collectively, and we're here to set you up for success. Our ultimate vision here, this is the foundation from which we are speaking today, and we hope you join us, is to, it's all about providing quality care to clients in a way that is sustainable to both you and the business. This is about creating a win-win in a system that isn't always set up for that win. So we want to know, does that align with you? If it doesn't, this probably is not going to be a good fit for you today. This is about that win-win, sustainability, ease for you and your business. Now, there can just be one kind of problem (laughs) with all of this, which is that sometimes we don't think about private practice as being a business, right? but it is. Even if it's part-time, a side hustle, just a boutique practice, whatever words you might be using to make it sound small or reduce your fear about the process, it is a business. And what you were taught about business or private practice may vary based in your schooling. Uh, Miranda? 
I was taught zero about business. <laughs> I was taught that like private practice is lonely and it's mm. like not a thing. And most of the people that I worked with were research psychologists and they hadn't even done therapy, much less mm. been in private practice. Mine was everybody had a private practice, even internships, like your practicums could be private practice, mm -hmm. but it was always a side gig. It was never a full time. Like all my professors like, well, I do that. Then I teach, then I adjunct over here. So it was never a full-time thing for people. Yeah. And what's interesting was that like, I went into grad school with the express intention and, and vision <laughs> of going to private practice. But by the time I went out, I was like, no, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. Right? But, but the truth is you need a sustainable business, right? Because if you, <laughs> you won't be able to do quality work without it, you need to have the cash flow for your expenses. You won't be able to stay open. You'll burn out. Your outcomes will suffer. There is a direct correlation between your business success and clinical outcomes. We want you to be able to pay yourself, be prepared for taxes, and so much more. Okay. And this is when this imposter syndrome comes up, especially when you're starting out. Wait a minute. Can I really be a business owner? What? I heard there's a recession. We've got um, uh, what is that stuff called? Um, where the money's not worth as much as, as oh. it used to be. <laughs> Inflation. Inflation. You know? Thank you, Karina. Everyone's like, uh, recession. Um, you know, the economy, the pandemic. Am I really good enough? Am I ready? Will anyone pay me? How much will I need to charge? There is so much to learn. The key here is you need to know that we often minimize what we do. So when we're starting our practice, we just focus on taking whatever we can get. This is a common thing. We slide our fees around because we don't feel confident. We say yes to every client, even when our intuition says, eh, maybe this isn't a good fit. And then we don't have enough income or when we aren't getting great outcomes, it erodes our confidence even further. So we slide our fee more. We work harder to say yes. And it's this cycle. And we wonder why we have no energy or time for marketing or you know, building the business or why we feel uncomfortable networking and being seen. But if you're here today, we're going to show you how to avoid this and how to start things out the right way, the way that truly gives clients the best outcomes and creates sustainable income for you, because you need to know this, your work matters. You matter. Yes. Right? This is the piece is that <sighs> it is a beautiful thing that happens in therapy, the impact that comes together. And let's take a moment to really deeply connect with what it means mm -hmm. to be a therapist and what it's meant to you in particular. So if you're able to, we want you just to close your eyes and take in a nice deep breath and just settle for a moment. And I want you to think about one of your favorite moments with a client. One of those sessions where you just in that moment knew you were exactly where you needed to be. Bring up that session, the room you were in, the color on the walls, the temperature in the room, how it felt on your skin. Look on the client, maybe even what they were wearing, the furniture in the room. Take yourself back into that moment and notice how it feels in your body, looking across at this client or clients and seeing that shift. 
being present to that magic moment. I can think about that kind of moment and I can feel emotion mm -hmm. still today welling up in me. Give that permission to come up. Notice how that feels. Breathe into that place and that emotion, that physical sensation in your body. And just let it spread. Yeah. Mm. Can you sit in awe right now of the work you provide clients, their families, and all of the generations to come, that ripple effect? You're welcome to post if you want in the chat about the transformations you've seen. This is a relationship unlike any other. Yeah. yeah. And it is important. Our work stops transgenerational trauma and it helps people experience transgenerational healing. It's incredible. Mm. Right. This work is priceless. And so are you. You teach your clients to value themselves, their time, their health and how to make decisions that reflect love and self-respect through therapy. You even take them through a process of evaluating, understanding themselves, what they desire or need and help them shift beliefs and behaviors and boundaries. You help people transform their view mm -hmm. of what relationships can be mm -hmm. and create completely new family di dynamics and norms that last through generations. What if you did the same for you and your practice for you and your business? It's deserving of being in the world. You are deserving of that chance to help others, right? If your purpose and passion is to help others, how are you going to take care of you? This work is intense. Can we get an amen on that? <laughs> how will you ensure that you can keep grow, continue to grow in the knowledge, take care of your physical, mm -hmm. your emotional, your spiritual, your relational health, and all the parts that you teach your clients about? You need to be at your best to be able to fully show up for your clients day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Clients or anyone for that matter, they seldom get to have a relationship and interaction with people who give them full presence, attention, and wholeness. It's a lot to think about. In order to do this powerful work, you need to be able to take care of you. You are the product. You are the agent of change. Without you, there's nothing to charge for. Right. So this is why you got a ditch comparison. This is, I'm just so grateful that you are here before, as you're starting and not coming to us years down the road and having to undo some of this. But if yeah. you can learn to ditch the comparison now, because it, it will kill you. You can't plan a business based on what others are doing. You know, tapping into that awe, that's uniquely yours. No one has had that experience, but you. And whether each of you have, completely different financial situations and needs in private practice. You may be single, married, have kids, don't have kids, have debt, loans, chronic illness. You might be nearing retirement, don't have a buffer. You live in a rural area, city, a high cost of living area, cheap area. I mean, your needs change based on the cost of rent in your area, your specialty, and so much more. You cannot compare. So if we're going to go through this, ditch the comparison now. And this is the most misstep of starting a practice, right? When people start a practice, they think of the clients, the work they're going to do, but they also often figure out that the biggest equation is you and your needs. Yes. And you know, what are the things that you need in the life you live? What do you need to be able to do the work well in attunement? How are you willing to honor those needs? 
Don't leave yourself out of the equation. Yes. A healthy business is one that makes profit. What do you need at the core from your business? You need to make an income. If you aren't making a profit over time and paying yourself, you don't have a business. You have a toxic relationship Mm. (laughs) and beyond your passion. Money is the foundation of starting a business. That's what businesses do. They make money. They support the owner, the future employees that you may have. Are you willing to honor that? Because it can be hard to realize that what you need to create great outcomes and take care of you are resources that are all tied into money in our capitalistic economy. You, the fee you charge is a pillar of the sustainable business. And without a thoughtful fee and a real income coming into your bank account, your private practice can't be sustainable and you can't continue to help clients long-term and clients need you there long-term. Today, we're going to teach you how to create a fee that really makes sense for you to ensure you have sustainable, healthy, a sustainable, healthy business that works for you and your needs. There is this other problem, though, is that we didn't learn a lot about money in our training, right? What we learned wasn't great. What we learned was that you're going to work for free or you're going to have a really low paying job with a master's degree. We're going to start you off from the get go with like tons of student loans. And then we're going to shame you for the fact that like your student, like you can't pay your student loans and you're just going to like learn this process that you're going to be indebted forever. Like it's just this whole crazy thing. We go into these nonprofits where often it's this, Hey, it's sliding scale. Everyone's paying a different rate or they're paying nothing at all. And we start to associate that. Like that is what, what's happening, right? right? That this person is only paying $15 for a session or $20 for a session. And somewhere in our brain, we start to like associate that that's the actual value when it's not, it takes way more than whatever your client was bringing in to possibly pay all of the expenses. And that leads us to being the worst paid master's degree. All this is not okay. We don't like this. Uh, When did this become the norm? You know, that these caseloads are ridiculous. I saw someone post that they're going to be leaving their, their agency job, their county job. I remember caseload sizes in the hundreds for me. And what Therapy pioneer gets great outcomes seeing 35 clients a week and lives a balanced life, you know, or that a 45 to 50 minute psychotherapy session is appropriate to reimburse at less than $35 an hour by an insurance company. This is not okay. And it's Mm -hmm. happening. You know, therapists are accepting these reimbursements and fees, even though we can't live on it while sustaining good work. And if you're starting, we're going to start off well so that we don't contribute to this. Um, we want to change this and do better. And I think it's hard because, because this is happening, there's lots of therapists charging things that aren't sustainable, but they look at, well, other people are doing it. Yes. So like, that's what I should do. And when you look around it, it just, it, it perpetuates something that's not working. Right. And this is why we want to break the cycle. It starts with you, right? This is something that like people that come through our business school and coaching clients are always shocked about that they just really didn't know. No one taught them how to do this math. And then they felt all this guilt and shame that they couldn't figure out how to make the numbers work when they, it was, there was nothing wrong with their numbers. They just weren't running them. Right. Yeah. So it's important. The first step when you are building and starting your practice is to accept what you need personally. This might be a little uncomfortable, right? Sometimes we want to do as much as we can because we don't want to accept our circumstances. It would mean we might have to grieve 
um, or face some challenges from our family of origin. We see it a lot in our business school, you know, single parents, chronic illness, people have other roles in their family as a caretaker, major life changes. When you don't acknowledge the needs of your life, how can you tell your business to meet those needs? I'm going to say that one more time. If you don't acknowledge the needs of your life, how can you tell the business to meet those needs? And how can you be present when you are stressing yourself out to fit someone else's life and expectations in a system that wants to oppress you? And instead of honoring your own needs, your clients can feel it. You feel it. Imagine if you look at your life and say, what can I give to my business and also be in my life in the way that I need to be? So this is about being honest about your time because that will help you determine your fee. It's going to help you determine your sessions, who you see, how often, all these things. Imagine leaving your last session of the week feeling content with energy to go home, cook a healthy dinner, enjoy a conversation with a loved one, go to a hobby, something. Yeah. And then that's really important to accept what you need clinically, mm -hmm. you know, like, are you doing your best clinical work with 35 sessions a week? You know, I, I, I remember <laughs> being taught in grad school, Hey, I'm spending two hours a week outside of session for every one session. I see like one hour I'm sitting with a client. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking about that, like, Oh, that's great. And then I was seeing 35 clients a week. So mm -hmm. what I'm working hundred hours a week or what's going on? Like, like what's happening. We get set up in these scenarios where we don't have time to just process and sit down and like have a consultation conversation with another therapist. Right. Right. We, we start to see supervision as this, like, oh my gosh, this is another meeting I have to go to that stresses me out. That means I can't see more clients. Right. Instead of seeing it. Cause there's like no time, right? We don't want that. Yeah. So, and this all has such an impact, right? On what we do in our clinical outcomes, when you're starting and growing your practice, when you don't res respect and honor what your business and body needs, when you diminish your impact, you and your clients lose out. But when you hold that space of transformation, you provide, it is inspiring. The biggest indicator, yeah. the biggest indicator of outcomes is your ability to build a trusting, connected relationship with a client and stay attuned. Just because you're starting out, no matter your age, experience level, your ability to tune is important. And that's why today we're gonna create a financial plan that sets you up for the time and space to actually attune, right? So we wanna ask you, are you committed to giving your clients your best? It may mean getting uncomfortable. It may mean grieving and accepting who you are in your circumstance. I saw someone post like, hey, insurance is how you make it accessible. Not everybody has that privilege. Not everybody has that circumstance that they can afford to take insurance. So everyone is different here, right? You talk about what works for you, but this is about what is best for you and your clients. And it's going to be different from all of you, from Amy to Erica to... Susan to Kadisha, all of you are going to be different. I love seeing this. Yeah. You give your clients your best, but how's that going to sustain your life and your business? It's time for this solid financial plan, right? Right. A plan is a gift to you and the client. It's preparing to start solid from the beginning. So let's start with step one. Get How a paper out <laughs> yes. and a pen Yes, <laughs> or pencil. How many sessions? Can you do per week where the first client of the week gets the same attention and intention and presence 
as a last client of the week. Right. How many sessions can you do per day where you are seeing an amount of people where you can actually still take care of you? Where like when you're done, you don't like get and somebody says, Hey, how's your day? Uh, (laughs) Don't talk to me. (laughs) Yeah. I can't talk to anybody anymore. Yes. Where you don't feel numb or dead inside when your kid is like, (laughs) hi, mommy, you know, or hi, daddy tries to give you a hug. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm spent. What does that really look like? And maybe even think about the idea that this is also the amount of sessions per week while also running a business. And remember This is where you've got to check that internal compass. Is that number coming from a supervisor or an agency manager telling you this is what it should be? Or are you tuning in and embodying your decision here? Okay. Because someone, I know clients, uh, we have clients in our business school that can do like two to three, but they do really intense work. Yeah. Um, or they have chronic illness that doesn't allow them. So they work more frequent days. Everyone is different. So pay attention. And then how many weeks a year, how many weeks we're going to have sick. Maybe you you're sick. Maybe you care for others and your kids are sick. Um, taking actual vacations. If you want to do trainings instead of, well, I'll take two training weekends a year and then I'll work through that and get no rest whatsoever. How many weeks per year? We, we kind of recommend like 46, but if you're starting at the beginning, you could even calculate 50, at least put two weeks. I know, but like really, truly be aware that there are times that you're going to need to take off and let's plan for them so that you're not stressed out that like, oh my gosh, I'm sick. And now I can't pay myself. And then the third thing is that you're going to look at how much gross income do you want to need want or need to make? Let's talk about what gross income means. This is the number that you need to make in your business before you pay the taxes and pay yourself. And this is to cover everything. So let's talk about expenses and practice. These are some common expenses when you are starting. These are the most common ones that people consider, okay? But people often forget the other expenses, especially paying yourself, your federal and state taxes, if you're in a state that taxes you, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, business savings, retirement, disability, or long-term care. These are, and self-employment taxes, financial planning. I mean, these are some of the things that get missed. So what is the gross income? Again, your life is very different. You know, someone may have a trust fund. Someone may have a partner. Someone may be totally single. Some mm-hmm. person may have no debt or a ton of debt. Everyone is different. And again, you're going to probably want to go back to this to get the most accurate yes. number and just saying, well, if I could make a hundred thousand dollars a year, that. like six figures, that's all I would need. We're going to break down some numbers. You may find that number doesn't mean as much as you think it does after self-employment taxes. Right. So then we're going to use this formula. You're going to take your gross income. And first you're going to divide that by the weeks that you want to work, work per year. And that's going to give you the gross number per week, the amount that you need to bring in. Because we we worked in some sick time and vacation time, that isn't the amount you're going to take home. Even on a weekly basis, that's the amount you need to bring into the business that is going to help take care of the expenses throughout the entire year and provide your paycheck on a weekly basis, whether you're working or not. Then we take that gross per week and divide it by the number of sessions per week. And that gives you the minimum fee you can charge to actually make those goals. 
So let's look at some examples. This is just showing you of saying, oh, I need to make $120,000 gross income. That's what's going to you know, cover me. But you can see the different factors that influence the fee. Someone could be bringing home the same amount, but depending on how many weeks they work, how many sessions they can handle, their fee varies wildly. We have an $80 difference amongst these sessions here. And this again comes down to your capacity to do the work well and your life and circumstance. And then we can break it down even further, right? That can, for some people, $120,000 in gross income, that feels like so much. And then we start to, and again, we picked a number at random because it really depends on where you're at. But if we start to break that down, 30% towards expenses, $36,000, 30% of that profit towards taxes, that's actually a really low number. Um, it could be much more, another $25,000, and then 40% to an owner of $58,000, so $4,900 per month. That may seem like a lot to you, unless you live in Boston, where an average run bedroom is $2,750, right? So, and then if you have $150,000 in student loans, right? And your student loans are $1,500 a month. Yeah. So these are the pieces that you have to to look at. You can't just look at this, this magical big number and know whether that really works for you. So then we have this other thing that you know that this impacts everything, but then it's like, wait a second, you know, how, how do I make that work when you've been working probably in nonprofits or agencies? And the truth is that those have million dollar budgets, multi, multi-million. So it's interesting when we talk about accessibility in the private sector, it's going to look very different and you may feel uncomfortable. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but the truth is you're not a nonprofit. If you were, your focus would be on getting grants and millions of dollars to sustain a lower fee. And that is not going to work here. And then we see practitioners fight over like a credit card fee of a quarter of a percent when really the issue is, is that we need to lean in to what we really need to charge here. So here's an example of how we can run numbers and how trying to recreate what we had in the nonprofit, these wonderful sliding scale accessibility and trying to recreate that without having, like I looked up the, the budgets um, a couple of years ago for nonprofits that were in my area and one was 12 million, the other one was $17 million, yeah. right? So when people have this place and we have this idea of how many clients per week, this little thing and the full fee, and then if your actual average, so let's say my fee I determined was 130, I slide. but I slide, you know, $50 for this person and $20 for this person. I do this one pro bono and my actual average is $100 a session. My lost income over the years, $42,000. That is sick time. That's vacation time. That's putting a little money to retirement. That's all your buffer. Like that's everything, right? That is pure profitability. And again, if we take this down even a little bit more, if you're seeing about 20 clients a week, about 50 weeks a year, every $10 on average that you slide your fee, just $10, $10,000 of profit at the end of the year. So a small decision makes a huge impact. It compounds. Now, oftentimes people do the math and they have like an aha moment. You might be looking at this going, wait, I need more time off than that. Or I didn't. 
maybe I can't see that many clients and that's fine. You're going to come back to this and play with those numbers so you can see the impact overall and what it means for your weekly schedule and your time off. We would say about 90% of people who go through our business school that apply this formula end up changing their fee. And another 20 to 30% begin developing other streams of income when they discover that the one-to-one is not sufficient. Like they, they max out what they can do with their therapy and then they decide, I want more income. And so they end up doing that in other ways. Yeah. So now it's time for you to decide, what about you? What kind of impact would that $10,000 make in your business <laughs> right. or that 20000 that $40,000? What kind of impact will it make? to you and you're going forward, right? Yeah. And we can come up with a lot of pricing blocks around this because especially when you're starting, there can be this mentality of like, I should just get started. I'll take what I can get. Right. And the truth is there's no correlation between years of experience and outcomes. In fact, the research shows the longer we do this work, the worse we get. So stop saying I'm a, I'm, I'm new. I just got out of grad school. You're at an advantage in terms of your outcomes. Money is a resource. It has nothing to do with your value of as a person, right? That's like slave mentality. And, and we don't want to be enslaved. I don't want that for you. You are invaluable. Like you're priceless, right? And the work you do, you cannot put a price on it. The reason we're putting a price on it is to resource for your life so that you continue to do the good work you have and are changing people's lives. Your clinical heroes. Think about it. And you don't get that by having caseloads of 40 clients a week running a business and doing two other jobs. Your clients want and deserve you to be great. And the thing is, we think about sliding scale or the money being the only way that we can give back well, but there are so many ways that we can give back, especially when we are well taken care of. We don't need to be sitting in the place of like being hungry and malnourished and then giving food out of our mouth. Yes. Right. We need to move forward. And when we actually look at the ethics of sliding scale, what we find is all the time people say, no, 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 we have an ethical obligation to provide a sliding scale. Haven't seen it yet. Looked at lots of ethical codes. We have the AMFT ethical code right here. And I'm going to read a little something from uh, CPH and Associates from Richard Leslie JD. My view is that a sliding scale is unnecessary, unwise, and problematic. Most sliding fee scales used by nonprofits and other entities base the fee on the financial condition of the patient in order to properly implement such a policy. Um, practitioners don't want to get into that kind of detail in their practice. Psychotherapists usually establish fees that they're comfortable charging and they stay with their fees until they decide to raise their fees. Physicians and other practitioners likewise establish a usual and customary fee and typically don't charge different fee for different patients. If the patient can't afford the fee, he or she can be referred elsewhere. And without that clear process, what happens is the people who get a sliding scale are the people that have the resource to actually ask Ask. for it. And the other people, whether it's for culture reasons or because they don't have the, um, the, the, the mouth for it, you know, the, the ability to put the words together, they end up not getting, getting that. 
Right. And yeah. so we end up in this funky space. And how do you know that you're removing any kind of bias? That's really important in our processes that we remove the bias and that we're really clear and everyone gets equitable care and treatment. So what are some alternatives to sliding scale and improving accessibility? You can change the type of service you offer. You can move from doing individual. You can add in group. That's a way that keeps the fee low for them. Group therapy, I've been in it, powerful transformational work. You can provide supervision to local nonprofits to allow them to expand their services and reach more people. You could do trainings like how we are doing. This is how we give back, right? And, you know, make them available to your community. You can volunteer for other organizations that are already set up for vetting the client's financial needs. We see this a lot in our business schoolers. They, they go mm -hmm. with programs. So all they do is they provide the service. They don't get involved in the fee and more. Yeah. And then what about insurance? Insurance can be lovely. But if you find that the fee that you need to charge is $100 a session and insurance is offering you $50 a session, if you're seeing half insurance and half private pay, then you need to charge your private pay clients $150. In other words, they're going to subsidize the insurance companies who made over $30 billion in profit in 2021 during a pandemic. Or you can see double the amount of clients and let your clinical outcomes suffer. And we're not saying that insurance is, no. is, not, is not for everyone. Some of you will get great reimbursement rates. Yes. But it's because your area has less competition. So the insurance raises the need. But it, for some of us in bigger cities, the reimbursement is, you know. So yeah. the, again, it comes down to your situation. And as we start to look at all of our options, the committee in our head can start to be you know, throw the objections. What if I'm pre-licensed? Can I really do this? You know, what if I'm just starting out? What if people can't afford my fee? What if they think I'm greedy? Anybody else hear those <laughs> things? The what ifs don't matter when you understand your story with money, that the transformation your clients mm -hmm. experience and what you need in order to give your highest and best. And that's all that is to be considered. What is necessary to do the good work? And this continues no matter what your stage yes. of practice is. This is something that you're, whether you're starting from scratch or when you're struggling as a solo practice, when you're successful, you're going to have to keep this in mind at every single stage. Yes. Right. Yes. And it matters no matter what your goals are. Right. If you want to have a joyful, long-term committed practice, you have to pay attention to the money and the resource. Even if you want to do online courses, if you want to have happy and sustainability. You want to be out of debt. Like these are all the things that connect in with having a business owner, being a business owner. We really believe you can do this. Yeah. Do you believe that in your heart? Do you believe that things can, you can start off well, this is exciting that you're here at the beginning. If you can't believe that quite yet, we're, we get it. We have space for that too. And, the, but we also have the knowing we've seen this time and time again, we've watched hundreds of therapists down this path and watched the transformation for them financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, personally, you can do this. Yeah. So let's do a little recap. You are valuing the work in yourself, right? right? You understand what you need to do great work clinically and how to translate that into business resources. And you've calculated your full fee that you need to charge to be able to, to be sustainable when you start and grow your practice, right? Are you committed to starting your private practice this year 
the right way. Mm-hmm. Say yes in the chat if that's you, you, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you deserve this. And I know it can be really hard and really scary. Maybe things are kind of bearable right now, right? Like, like you're like, I could probably, maybe I could do this for another year. Maybe I don't have to start this year, but it's not really working the way that it could be, the way that it should be. Like mm-hmm. you can feel it in your body that like, this is not sustainable. We're here to help you make this so much easier and happy and sustainable and profitable. That's why you're here today. We want to share with you what we've discovered about how to make starting a private practice easier, happier, sustainable, and more practice. The only way we succeed is if you succeed. That's very important to us. We are like the biggest cheerleaders for therapists around the world. And you are normal if you need support. Um, Our trauma can get stirred up in this process. And many (laughs) of us just need that solid object of support very concrete steps like we've gone over today, even just like with, that's the basic math, we can get into more detail. And emotional support is important too, just to make small changes, much less big systemic changes that need right now. I want you to hear this. You are on the forefront of changing the field of psychotherapy and private practice. You are the leaders of that. The decisions you make today will influence generations to come. And at this point, you have a choice to keep doing things the way that everyone does them in Facebook groups on Psychology Today and in other practices that lead them to burnout, exhaustion. And we have more people leaving the field right now than entering it, right? Or you can start to live out a life and business that are sustainable and create deep change for you, your clients, and everyone who comes in contact with you, right? Breathe that in for a minute. You know what it feels like when you've made it through a challenging session, you leave feeling buzzed and energized because this work can fill you up. It can be really gratifying and this work can sustain you financially, but it won't happen if you keep doing what everyone else is doing. We want to change the worst paid master's degree. We don't need to be on that list. And there are over 40,500 searches for compassion fatigue each month on Google alone. That's got to change. Are you ready to have a business you love top to bottom? Yes. Yes. Type yes in the chat. Are you ready to have a financial freedom, a buffer, and the ability to care for your needs effortlessly? Are you ready to step into your role as a business owner? Are you ready to burnout proof your life and practice? Are you ready to start taking action that you know will lead you to the life and business you want? Are you ready to have a steady stream of awesome clients contacting your practice that fit you and that you delight in? then it's with great pleasure that we're going to introduce you to the business school for therapists. Yes. This is a hybrid online training program where we personally help you create a full, inspiring, impactful, successful practice that runs like a well-oiled machine. So when you leave at the end of the day, there's no more work to do. And we want to help you create a balanced life and mindset so you can be happy and healthy in your life without the unreasonable hours and low pay. Our mission is to help create and grow and scale your effortless profitable practice so you can live a life of more joy. This is the joy rally, (laughs) y'all. And this is what it's about. I hope we're talking about numbers and we're still smiling because we're here to add more joy than you felt in decades. And we want you to regularly feel that impact and that purpose in your work. So we're going to help you create a business that attracts the clients and employees who you love to work with. It's streamlined and easy to manage so you can leave work at work, 
allows you to have a sustainable business and personal schedule and take ample time off regularly. You can see is changing your community and making a deep impact. It's profitable and provides unlimited options for the future to grow in ways that surprise and delight you. Yeah. And this is about changing your life too, taking back your schedule, living your day with self-respect and confidence, aligning your business with your desires and passion and making money and managing it well for financial freedom. There is no shame in that. We're changing family of origin here. Um, And we want to help you automate and scale your practice because what if one day you want to sell it or you want to work less in the future? That's okay. And that's how we get the income you desire, the freedom to live the life of your dreams, working whenever or wherever you want, control over your future and the ability to expand, scale, or shift your business at will. That's the power of an effective business. When do you want one of those? Let's dig into how we can help you build a practice at the perfect pace for you in a step-by-step easy manner that just makes sense. First, we start off with the business vision and helping you get really crystal clear. You may think you're crystal clear until you start to write down the vision and realize it doesn't leave time for non-negotiables like bathroom bakes, eating, sleeping. And we're going to identify some of the head trash that sabotages your business and your life. Then we're going to dig into the nitty gritty stuff you avoid that ends up stealing your time and your joy, and maybe also biting you in the butt when you least expect it. Let's connect, reconnect with your joy of making an impact in this field and find ways to understand, describe, replicate, and amplify those magic moments with clients. Right. And we want you to stop wasting your time and energy, get crystal clear on your schedule and your personal life. So everything flows together and you have time. You might find like many of our clients, you have unrealistic expectations and you need another 30 hours a week, but that's okay. Cause you're going to learn how to outsource, eliminate, automate next month and next year. So you don't have to keep running around in panic, feeling like you did something wrong. And then we're going to set your take home pay. No more shame around money or numbers. Our business plan will do the math and heavy lifting, leaving you with the financials of your business plan that make it simple to set your fee raise your fee, save for taxes and retirement, and plan for growth, whether you are just going to be starting a solo practice or whether you go into a group practice in the future. We're going to disconnect the idea of your fee as being a reflection of your value as a human being. You're going to learn how to see money as a resource and how it relates to the quality of care to your clients, plus how it directly impacts your outcomes, sustainability, and ability to keep the lights on. You're going to maximize your online presence learn how to write compelling messages that attract ideal clients, no matter your niche or how general your practice is. You're going to learn how to optimize each page of your website for max conversion and build your website from day one for the day you'll need a waiting list because that will happen. (laughs) You're going to learn how to get found online consistently, know exactly what people are searching for in your area, how to optimize each page of your website so it can be found, how easy it is once you understand what search engine optimization or SEO is and take the power into your hands and finally understand the SEO so you don't get taken advantage of. There are some crazy people that will charge you thousands of dollars for something and not do it well, which is we hate people being taken advantage of. And you're going to learn how to create the right marketing plan for you today and for years to come based on your numbers, goals, and your community. No more throwing spaghetti on the wall (laughs) and doing, and does that even work? I don't know. And paying for all the things. Uh, And you'll learn what numbers to track short-term. Like, how do you know things are working? That's what we want to help teach you. Yeah. 
four weeks a year, you're going to receive one-to-one critiques of your work from our team. I love this Website design, search and optimization, marketing analysis, email email copies, your logos and branding, your headshots, landing pages, course outlines when you get there, marketing language and plans, administrative letters, scripts for clients, and anything else related to creating your joyful life and practice. We'll provide you with videos, rewrites, or whatever you need to get on track as quickly as possible. This is on demand, right? You can, no stress about attending a live session. These are all the lessons and there's actually a lot more. Uh, (laughs) And you find what you need. You jump around, however it works. It's on the go. There's an app you can use or you can get on your desktop, whatever you prefer. Yeah. It's everything you need, right? Everything you need. And we're going to give you what really works, but it won't be a one size fits all solution. We're going to give you the options of what works and why and teach you how to choose what makes sense for you right now, based on what your personality, your situations, your goals, et cetera. You're going to get a formula that works and that's fully customizable to you right now. And you'll be able to learn, use it in the future as your needs change. We're going to show you how to do all of that in business school for therapists. And when you, you could piece it together, kind of a la carte, you could get some SEO support, website stuff, one-off business coaching, copywriters, all of that. But the biggest thing that we, we noticed is that people lose income from being underpaid <laughs> and the, they wait and wait and wait to join. And then they're like, I should have done that because that's why we don't want to, ha- we, we don't want you to go through that. No, it's crazy. And I know it can be hard to think about the idea of like joining a course because we think like, you know, I I think I just need like a one-to-one coach, right? The truth is for us to sit down and work with someone and give them the foundation they need long-term for that on a one-to-one basis, we would need like three hours a month for a whole year. And that's just to cover the fundamentals of the business. That's not getting into like the nitty gritty, like let's go to high level strategy. And even if it was just, you were paying $150 for a fledgling business coach, it would take you over a year and cost you $5,400 just to get the basic setup. And most great business coaches who really know what they know their stuff, they range somewhere from 300 to $1,000 an hour. And that's even if they offer one-to-one but there's only so much they can teach you in that hour. And you're going to need to leave the session and actually do the things. And that's something we love about business school for therapists. You don't have to hold all the information that you're in your head. The first time you hear it, you can pause, rewind, fast forward, and you can even search the video just for the right word or phrase of where you're stuck. And it will take you right to that place where we're talking about in the video. And we've confirmed again and again that therapists learn and progress quicker and with more ease in the comfort of a safe and supportive community. Mm -hmm. The reason that we do group and the business school in a group format is because it works better even Mm -hmm. than one-to-one. Yeah. I I think based on our years of experience and thousands of therapists who've gone through this process, we've seen it accelerate people beyond what is in one-to-one. And we need this message out in the world now that there's more demand for mental health care than we have therapists available to meet it. We want to make it easy to move forward. So the investment in business school will be just six payments of 375. And it's everything you need for years to come. You're going to get all the formula and the, but it's customized. Like we don't do cookie cutters at all. Yeah. You're going to get that step-by-step formula. It's totally customizable for you. We'll walk you through building or rebuilding every element of your business, marketing, and personal foundation. 
eight modules going at your perfect pace. You'll gain access to two weeks of unlimited group coaching sessions twice a year to give you feedback and answer your questions. Plus you'll go through exercises that create everything you need as you, as you progress through the course and we'll provide you with video feedback and critiques during those two week live power coaching sessions. It's going to be rad. Now we have hundreds of testimonials, case studies, rave reviews. In fact, 95% of the people surveyed after business school say they're happy they purchased mm. and they'd recommend a friend to enroll. And we know therapists don't recommend people spend money lightly. <laughs> <laughs> We've been running business school since 2013 and every cohort, we push it to the next level to make it the best program on the planet. That's who we are. Nine right? years. <laughs> it's crazy. We're constantly looking ways to level up every person in the program both the current students and all of our alumni and everybody in the future. Yes. So what else could we make it better? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing you'll learn about the two of us that it's never enough, but we want to offer something so powerful. You're over the moon to be in this program. So this year is going to be different. Uh, You probably know that a great website can make an invaluable Make, it's really invaluable to a business owner. And we've been teaching therapists how to build and revamp high converting websites for over 20 years collectively. And this was even before we started business school. It was one of our first programs, actually. And that's why we're going to give you a website template that makes it dead simple to launch your beautiful professional website uh, with everything you need to get it to the first page of Google. We'll give you support, whether you're solo, group practice down the road, or you're just fully online. We say this is worth 600, but the personalized critiques and all the support we give you is getting this to the point of publishing is it's truly priceless. Um, and you don't have to be a math geek either to run a pro- profitable practice. So today what we covered is just a tip of the iceberg. This is our one-of-a-kind magic dashboard. If any of you uh, business school members in here want to comment on it, <laughs> the first meeting with our, um, our accountants as businesses started out uh, left me shut down in tears. Um, we get how the numbers can shut you down. And we understand that even if you're good at math, that as your business grows, things get more complicated. Um, pay scales, payroll. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. And we've done the math with you with this magic dashboard that uses Excel. um, And we're constantly expanding and upgrading it to make the math easy so you can take action. Okay, you got that great website bringing you all the referrals and the numbers are in order, but what happens when you actually get on the phone with people, right? Learn how to get on the phone with confidence, refer out the people that are not the best for you, convert people at your full fee and get people prepped to have amazing outcomes. We have clear scripts for whether you're working with individuals, couples, or kids for you to customize. We even have trainings for when you hire and train your first person to take calls for you because you're not going to want to be on the phone forever. I think the other thing the pandemic showed us that we need online as an option and that it was a really valuable option. So whether you want or need a backup for illness, weather, or a global pandemic, or want to be location independent, we've got you covered with everything you need with our virtual practice guide back. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. 
If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. Um, the pandemic also showed us that we can't always be dependent on timely insurance payments. There were insurance companies that just straight didn't pay for six to eight weeks. They, they just, they were like, we don't know how to do this. And they just stopped. So we want to make sure that you know how to evaluate what insurance plans, if any, make sense for you, that you can set boundaries with insurers, ask for raises, leave if necessary, that you can learn about things like clawbacks and denials and ways to protect your against yourself against surprise bills and so much more. So if you do take insurance, you do it well and you're not surprised. We also do a lot of around blogging. Uh, we find it's one of the most powerful tools for your marketing. So we give you a six pack of marketing um, for you to like learn how to do blogging and to do it well long-term. Um, so it's one of the really cool bonuses that we offer. And we even have those six blogs preloaded onto your website template. So you can go in, edit it and get it published ASAP, which is awesome. And if you feel like you never have enough money <laughs> and like numbers make you, make you crazy, we've got Merit Beth um, Sorjahan. She's a financial planner and we have a whole module from her that shows you how to get clear on what you really need for money, um, how to really understand the numbers and how to manage your money with more ease so you can enjoy the success and the financial um, freedom that it brings. And of course, you are diving into the intersection of clinical work and business and doing all these things that are going to make your clinical outcomes better. So let's reward you. We got APA or NBCC Business School qualifies for up to 32 CEs. Aspira CE hosts RCDs, RCDs, RCEs. <laughs> and so we're going to give you 50 free CEs through um, Aspira CE that you can use um, at the time that works for you. Um, and let's say you've already done your CEs for this uh, license renewal, that's okay. You'll be able to do the tests and quizzes on your schedule and get your stuff at the time that works well for you. Oh my gosh. So this is all the bonuses, almost $5,000 in bonuses. Oh my goodness gracious. Everything that you need for years to come. The step-by-step -step formula that works, totally customizable for you. We're going to take you through everything that you need, right? And again, six payments of $375, or you can save $300 if you pay in full, make it easy peasy. I think it's really important that people be aware of other people who have done this, like Ivy, um, you know, she was burnt out, literally physically sick, uh, crying in her car a lot at her agency job. Um, and now she's in a place where she travels regularly with her family is there for her kids. Um, and it's a far cry from what she used to believe is possible as an introverted immigrant woman of color. And um, so Safriana is another person that I think is really, I, we would just want you to be inspired to see that you can do this. So we're going to have you listen to Safriana's story and uh, yeah. Hey there, I'm Safriana, a neurodivergent queer therapist in Maryland. I also deal with chronic pain, which is actually the start of my private practice transformation story. 
So getting my diagnosis with fibromyalgia was actually one of the most transformational moments in my life and not in a good way. It was devastating. It broke my bank. And after thousands of dollars of medical testing, all I was told was that they could start me on opioids. That was literally the only fix offered and I didn't want it. I'd watched family members struggle with chronic illness and be put on a slew of drugs for pain management. And I knew it wasn't a thing I could do while still providing the clients that I saw the type of care that I desired. So it was pretty hopeless. At that time, I was only a year and a half out of school, and I was working with a nonprofit agency where I had actually interned. And despite loving the work, our benefits were trash, and I was not making enough money to thrive. So I asked for a raise, and I figured if I could get myself out of debt, have a little bit more income, I could treat the fibro more naturally with things like float therapy and massage and acupuncture and stuff like that. Unfortunately, I was denied the raise because of grant funding, and I sobbed in my supervisor's office. It was a whole lot of drama. It was very sad. Uh, a few weeks later, I went to lunch with a fellow counselor friend, and she told me about this amazing new counseling center she was working for. She'd been in a miserable outpatient treatment job, but was now this wonderful contract counselor for the center and got to make her own hours and was provided office spaces and billing services, insurance paneling, all for a small fee per client. And here I was as a newbie therapist with no self-esteem and thought that sounded amazing. So after some early on drama with counselors getting catty over shared office decorations, which would take way more than five minutes to get into, albeit hilarious, um, I started seeing clients for the center in March 2020, and then the pandemic literally hit. Um, so I was seeing via telehealth for the nonprofit center and the center uh, over 30 clients a week. Here I thought I was going to improve my health, but instead it was just dragging me down and I felt like I was breaking even if that. Um, I was giving away money to the center for every client appointment, even without an office, or when I saw my own clients in my own software, it just did not add up to me. So I asked why the policy was that way. I got shoo-shooed uh, and just tried to convince myself it was a good deal since they were giving me a steady stream of clients, even if they weren't my ideal clients. The turning point was July 2020. I saw an ad for something called Zinni Me. I had no idea what it was, had no idea about Kelly and Miranda, and I thought, heck, let me do this. Maybe one day I can have my own private practice. So retreat day, July 15th, was literally what changed my life. The whole retreat was great, but it was during lunch. I was in a breakout room talking about the center and how they were going to panel me with 10 more insurance companies as soon as I got my next license level. And suddenly Kelly Higdon appears like a punk rock angel and goes, oh, hell no, you need to get out or something like that. And it was like my glass cage just shattered. And I realized how little I believed in myself. Years of emotional abuse and systems taking advantage of me had led me to believe I wasn't good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, capable enough, straight enough, normal enough, you name it, to run my own practice. But I looked around and I saw all these diverse people and heard voices of support at the retreat. And it was like something just finally clicked. So two weeks later, August 1st, I brought all of my private pay clients from the center to my own practice. I joined business school boot camp and I started going through the modules before the working session. By December, I got independent paneling with one insurance company, the highest paying in my area, and brought all of the clients that I was seeing with me. I said no to what wasn't working. And thanks to boot camp, I enabled free consultations. I started landing more clients immediately. I taught my first CEU class to, uh, on LGBTQ clients at a big um, seminar. Uh, I raised my fees. I spruced up my intake system for new clients, uh, which is increasing my clinical outcomes. I built a gorgeous website that displays all of my passions. I've made connections with other therapists and have a stable referral network. 
and I'm full of clients. I'm actually referring new contacts out for now. So here in 2021, I'm saving up for a house. I have no medical debt. I attend weekly holistic uh, float therapy, and I'm finally finding time for my lifelong dream, which is actually writing novels. But the best part is I feel like I don't have to pretend to be anyone that I'm not anymore. Zinimi taught me that I can lean into myself as my niche, and this has actually made my private practice flourish. It's brought me the clients that I'm actually absolutely passionate to see every week. So I'm sure I'm forgetting some stuff, um, but basically it's it's been an amazing year. So thank you, Bootcamp, for helping me get to this point. And it's pretty amazing from this view. So I know I can climb even higher and so many other Bootcamp members can too. We oh. still have 30 minutes of Q&A after this. <laughs> Ginger went from being an agency director to her dream practice. We've had a lot, but the main thing we want you to know is there's also a seven day money back guarantee. Um, we're also giving away group coaching sessions. They start next Monday, but our biggest giveaway that we've ever never have done before is that if you enroll by the end of this webinar, you get a one hour one-on-one -on -one coaching session with one of our coaches. These are our coaches right here. You see their faces. One of them's in here. Um, so now's the time if you want to sign up. Um, you can go to this uh, link right here and the doors close March 18th. So we've done 40 minutes of training. We've talked about business school for about 15, 20, and now we're going to move into <laughs> Q&A uh, just to make sure that you are getting your needs met. So uh, when do we do the giveaway? Right now, yeah? Uh, we do it. No, we, we oh, were at the planning end of the to do it. Yeah, like at 10 minutes of the Q&A. Okay, I'm going to go through the Q&A. I'm going to manage it here. Um, all right. So how much did you save up before starting your own private practice? I want to save 25,000. It is great if you can save. Not everybody has that circumstance. I had way less than that save. So what we teach in business school is what we call a bridge goal. So how do you straddle if you can starting the practice while holding on to your other job or taking a job with that maybe is with less hours? And then how to know when is the point that you can leave that job? That's really important because I think sometimes people hang on a lot longer in uh, the gap of working two jobs, like their business and another job. And so we want to show you the number is really a financial decision yeah. of when you can make the leap. Yeah. And it's different for everybody, right? I'd like to learn a bit more about the basis of getting credentialed with the major insurance companies as well as which EHRs people like to use. I think one thing to know is before you think about credentialing, you have to know what this core is of how much your business needs to survive. So you can go and get credentialed in the, with a major insurance company. In Los Angeles, for example, the same like major insurance company reimburses about $60 a session, whereas in Arkansas, that's about $120 a session. Now, can you imagine the difference in the cost of living in Arkansas and Los Angeles is very different. So we want you to understand your cost of living. We want you to understand your business expenses, and know that number before you go down the credentialing rabbit hole and understand exactly what that means for you and your area, because it's different for everybody. In some states and areas, insurance, very viable. In other areas, it's not very viable. Yeah. And just because you see other therapists doing it doesn't mean it's working for them. You don't see their credit report. You don't see their bank account. You don't see how much debt they've racked up. 
What is the best way to determine a sliding scale? Again, if you decide to do that, we recommend you do it once you are full with your full fee clients, because then you can give out of abundance and not out of, you'll end up resenting it. We see this a lot and it shows up clinically and it impacts the outcomes. To determine that sliding pay scale, uh, you would do you know, a percentage base. And then again, you have to do, if you wanna do it properly and you wanna get income information from the clients, you would, you know, you can find some on Google, but you yeah. would take a, a certain amount of salary or income, and mm -hmm. then you would create the scale based on those percentages. Some people go as low as like 75% of their fee, but they only have two or three slots for that. Mm -hmm. So you got to first determine what is the amount of clients I can see per week and do really great work. And in addition, have room for two to three other sessions that are sliding scale. And my recommendation, honestly, especially as we've been talking more about like equity and making things fair, would be to volunteer one morning at a nonprofit where they're taking care of it, where everybody comes in, everybody shares their tax return or their pay stub. And it's an equitable thing versus it's just a random thing that somebody happened to call when you had a sliding scale slot and they, they got it. And then they're coming in talking about, and this happens to everybody. They give a sliding scale slot. And then that person is talking about, they're taking this trip over here or that trip over here. Oh, I just bought this new car. And then the therapist is feeling all these feelings. And then it feels really uncomfortable to come back up and, and talk that through. It's, it's not, it does not feel good. I love this question from Nia. What about the guilt and shame related to the population that is not able to be served since I have chosen to be out of network provider? I know what the work is worth and I also feel an obligation to marginalize people. I will say often that people doing that work are themselves marginalized. And it's this interesting place. I want to say this properly, <laughs> that especially if you come from a marginalized community, and you are changing the story about what it means to be marginalized and the income data and all that kind of stuff. You, it's hard to be on the forefront of changing that for your community. Um, there are some people who have gone through our business school who have decided, you know what, I'm going to have to do a nonprofit to do it in the way that they really, really, truly want to do it. They want to offer $10, $20 kind of fees. And the insurance companies are way more of a hassle for them. So they decide they want to do a nonprofit. There are coaches that will help with that. We have one that does a little training in business school where you get a board and you, you hire a grant writer or you start learning how to do grants yourself. Mm -hmm. That is okay too. You may be here and be like, I don't want a for-profit business. First of all, a nonprofit still has to be profitable. Yeah. It's not like you won't be profitable, but the way it gets funded is different. The other idea is that your full fee clients are subsidizing for those lower fee clients. Another option, again, like we said, group therapy, retreats, other forms of ways of working with people that allow you to serve more people, but reduce the fee. Yeah. I would like to think about it sometimes as like a Tom's. If you're charging a fee that's like really sustainable and you know, you know what, I'm going to be, I, I built into my business plan, the 30% of my profits are going to get straight donated into this nonprofit yeah, and that that nonprofit's going to be able to do that work. And that could be a nonprofit you run or not, because you may find, you know what, I actually really want to do clinical work. And when you're running a nonprofit, you don't have a lot of time for clinical work generally. Yeah. Self-proclaimed perfectionist trying to get over having every dotted 
I and T, yeah, before seeing clients, how do I get over having to have everything complete prior to making an income? It's never, I will just say like, uh, this is business, which is your largest personal development course. And as far mm-hmm. as I know, I'm not done growing as a human being and your business won't be either. So this kind of comes from that whole good enough, right? We, we want our parents to be good enough. We want to be the good enough mother, parent, uh, caretaker. It's the same here, Erin. It's like, what is enough? And knowing that it is enough and that this idea of mistakes are bad, it is a tragedy that many of us were brought up that we had to be perfect in the therapy room. Our mistakes are really great for our clients. As as long as we're within ethical boundaries, of course, but you will make mistakes. And what does it mean to have a mistake made therapeutically and to own it and to work through it with a client? How amazing for them to have that corrective experience and how amazing for you for the same in your relationship with your business to know that you will make mistakes. It's not about perfection and that over time, you're just going to keep getting better. I love this question. Hey, you marketed this, how to start a practice from scratch. When are we going to get to this? Your business and the money part of it is one of the most transformational part of actually starting a business from scratch. You may think that it's about like, we could give you a long ass checklist and there is a long ass checklist when you're starting something from scratch. But when we think about what we can give you as value, it's, this is the part is that people don't teach you about how to run the numbers and create that process. So I I know it feels overwhelming. I know it feels like, you know, I'd like to just have this long list, that long list that just says set your fee. That's not going to help you. That's not your highest and best. Can I bring clients from my group practice with me? If I go into solo practice, technically it depends on what you've agreed to in the group practice, but I have this belief that clients can go wherever the heck they want to go. That's a, that's actually like ethical legally. They can go wherever. And if someone tries to step in into that, that's just poor clinical care. However, it does happen. So it's really best that you assess your situation Mm -hmm. and that you just be honest with your clients when you do leave where you're going. Um, and they may or may not come and that you want to try to do it in a way that doesn't destroy your relationship with the group practice owner. Yeah have the conversations. They can be difficult. Sometimes they can be good. It's, it's all over the place. Curious on any suggestions on how to move from a full-time clinical job to starting your private practice. So this is, we talked about this a little bit in terms of bridge goal, but I'm going to go back into this one. If you are in full-time practice and let's say, for example, you're working 35 hours a week and you have 10 hours of clinical work that you can do. And that's really all you can do before you're like, I'm going to burn out And a lot of times people will start to have this, this practice goal and they'll be like, okay, I just need to get to like 20 clients a week. And then once I'm at 20 clients a week, then I'll know that I can leave my, my other full-time job. But like energetically, they can never get to that because they get to a point and they realize that they're kind of burnt and they can't kind of get over this, you know, whatever this number is. So we have to understand what that energetic number is. Mm-hmm. And basically the amount of clients that we can have energetically that needs to cover the income from this other job, right? Initially, or, and, or we can put money away and create a savings and a buffer, right? That where we say, Hey, I've got six months of income and expenses like taken care of. 
And I'm going to go ahead and take the plunge because energetically, I, I, I'm not even going to get to that point because I just don't even have any time to work on my business because this takes up my everything. How do you talk to clients about paying the difference and the balance the insurance doesn't pay? You can't do that. If you are on a panel, you agree to the terms of that panel and the client does not make up the difference. Uh, they, you take what you agreed to with the insurance and it's not on the client. However, if you're out of network, then you would charge your full fee and the client will get reimbursed separately on their own. Thoughts on super billing for cash pay patients so they can request reimbursement. Yes, you are required to provide a receipt for your services. It's their right to get reimbursement. So using a great EHR, you can easily do that automatically. There's also um, programs like Reimbursify. It works better in some states than others where the client can just take a picture of the super bill um, and it makes it really easy for them to send that in and get reimbursement um, from the insurance company. That's the biggest thing. A lot of clients don't really know how to go through that process. So if you learn a little bit about it, it can help navigate. We just did a training. Oh, I think it's, I think the replay is already, is already out, but we just did a training on this um, with uh, Barbara Griswold a couple of weeks ago. How to sustain when clients cancel without always hustling to get more clients. Mm. There's a couple of things that we have covered in previous trainings about this. And we do go over this a lot in business school. Why is that happening? What's happening in terms of like, it, it starts actually in your marketing, how you establish how you work and then into your intake call establishing that it's weekly, having a really clear cancellation policy and building in that cancellation policy into this fee structure. So when we looked at how many weeks per year, you're also considering how many times like clients may cancel and things like that. And you want to provide a buffer so that when you do get a cancellation, it isn't it, it's like, oh, I've already prepared for this. And this requires a lot of cash flow and having business savings. How to manage clients Ooh. during maternity leave, how to maintain boundaries if coverage from other clinicians are available and how to start back on a maternity leave um, over planning for three there's months. There's a whole lesson That's on a, that. There's a whole lesson on that. Um, but I think this is the biggest thing is know that other people have, have gone through this process before. It can be really um, kind of scary and, and stressful um, initially, but ultimately you're just going to have like a clear conversation. Here are the options. We can wrap up. You can see someone in the interim. We can take a break and you can come back. Here's what this is. And here's what services look like. And just be really clear. I'm not going to be available and give yourself room to, to even say, you don't necessarily know for sure. You could have a plan of a six week maternity leave. I've seen therapists do that, but I've also seen therapists who thought one thing was going to happen and they had a traumatic birth. Yes or um, they had some postpartum, they needed a little bit more time. It's okay to change your mind. So give yourself permission for that as well. How to transition from a group practice to an individual practice and think about switching over anything with insurance panels. You know, again, you've got to come back to this fee thing. And I know everybody's like, I don't want to talk about fees. I want to talk about all the other little things to do. But the truth is you don't know that group practice profitability. You don't know if those insurance companies reimburse at a rate that's going to be viable for what you need to do. So before you automatically just try to copy, remember what we said, you don't copy someone else's practice. You need to go through the process to really establish what you need, figure out what the financial plan is around that. And then you can move into marketing and all those things. I'm curious if this is the same person because it, it both says anonymous attendee. So we can't see if it is, but they also, they possibly said this, 
I'm in a group practice with a 75, 25 split, um, which I'm assuming means 75% to them, which is a really good split. I'm trying to decide decide if it's worth setting out on my own so I can keep a hundred percent, but I'd have to do the admin. Is it likely that the clients will come with me? Is it worth paying the 25% for all the admin to be done? I only use the in-person office space minimally as of now. So that's a factor as well. If I went on my own, I'd probably just do telehealth and I wouldn't pay for an office. I would say that's, that's a really good split. Now, and and it's definitely worth the 25% to not have expenses and to know that all of that is taken care of. However, what you may find is that the 75% that you're getting isn't actually sustainable. And what that tells you is that the contracts, the insurance contracts that are there, what's the average reimbursement? We need to know that number to know what makes sense. And if you just replicate again, what that looks like, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to figure out, you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any, any math to me. Uh, or it, it, I'm not getting an income that's really sustainable. So that's the part um, that we have to move into that. Do you need to have a relationship established with a lawyer to go over your documents, contracts? You know, um, typically, like, for example, in California, if you're a member of CAMP, you have access to an attorney. You do want an attorney to look it over. There are mental health uh, attorneys. Um, one of them we quoted in here, didn't we, today? Richard? Is uh-huh. he? Richard Leslie. Yeah, he's one of them. So uh, but check with your organizations and also check with your um, uh, insurance coverage, your liability, um, like CP- CPH or whichever one you have. Sometimes they have someone that will also look over those things as well. Yeah, because there's paperwork packets, but even the paperwork packets will say, and have a, law- a lawyer go over this. Now that said, for me, I, I got the information from CAMP and then I had the lawyer go over that process with me. Um, and, and went from there and it made it, you know, pretty simple and easy. Go down to some other people here. What is the process of setting yourself up as a credential with major insurance companies? I live in Minnesota, by the way. So there are companies that can set you up. Sometimes billers will also set you up, but you will basically send in your information. They'll send a contract. Your reimbursement rate depends on where you serve, your licensure type, and the types of services you will be providing. So it varies largely across the board. From your experience with helping others who start private practices, what would you say is the most consistently forgotten yet important piece of starting a successful practice? We said it today. (laughs) The money part, like this is the most forgotten piece of it, honestly. Um, Maybe there's another piece. There's some stuff about like uh, court policies, which is one of the things that we give in business school. Um, that's, that's another piece of actually including that in your form consent. Um, but I think the money part is the most forgotten step for therapists yeah. for sure. How much does doing your own billing realistically take? If you're a cash <laughs> pay practice, it doesn't take much at all. It's like 15 minutes a week. Um, but if you are an insurance based practice, then sometimes you will end up hiring a biller. There's a couple we teach about this too, in, in business school, But the thing is, is that in addition to just sending the bill in, if there's any issues with the bill, then you're going to have to have additional admin time on that. And then the issue of clawbacks. So I think it's just interesting just seeing some of the conversation in here about like fees and accessibility and all these kinds of things. There's this common issue where the therapist is not prepared to be the middle person to carry the burden of a system that is failing. And so Clawbacks are another thing that you're going to have to deal with. And that means you need to have savings for that. 
We've had people, some states you can claw back forever. Other states are putting regulations on this. Please be aware of this as you uh, um, go with your organizations and, and fight and lobby for change. And we're going to be talking about this insurance clawback piece and like what some of the regulations look like um, in the insurance yes. um, training later this week. Um, it's a it's a really important piece to, to understand. Um, like, for example, in Illinois, they've made a, a, a law now that um, the insurance companies from the date that they pay only have a year to call back. Now, again, that's not like if there's a fraud issue, then they can call back longer than that. But before that, they were having insurance companies do clawbacks years after for like over a million dollars in some cases. So can you imagine? And what that looks like when I say clawback, it literally could mean that you suddenly get your reimbursement check and it says, we've kept this because you owe us $30,000 yeah. and you just suddenly don't get paid for the services you're doing. And you did, it had nothing to do with your records had nothing to do with your notes. You did everything right. And they just said, you know, we told you this person had insurance. We paid you for years on we were it. Wrong. We were wrong. So that's what adds into the billing time. So you can have a biller to do that for you. Um, or, and they get a percentage of what, or you can pay them hourly or they get a percentage of what they get paid. So it just really depends. And an EHR will make that a lot easier because you can automate all of that. How do you charge a client when the insurance uses the billable amount to pay towards the deductible? You charge them what you agreed to in the contract. Like mm -hmm. they pay towards their deductible. So they have to pay you. Yeah. They pay either using their, their credit card, their bank card, their FSA, their flexible spending account, or their health savings account. If somebody has a high deductible um, insurance plan, that usually comes with a health savings account where they put pre-tax money in. A lot of people don't know that they can use those accounts for therapy. And so that's one of the things you can put that on file. Um, now you can't use the HSA or the, a or the FSA if somebody is um, no-shows a session. Um, so you do have, they'll have to use another thing. And that's a, that's another side note, those fun little details. What have you found for the best EHR systems? You know, this is changing again over time. Recently, simple practice changed some of their costs and stuff like that. There's a lot of new EHRs on the block, right? It's the big way people are making money and then they sell mm -hmm. and then they, yeah. Um, so uh, we have a lot of people that use therapy, therapy notes. notes. Um, and simple practice for some people, they have continued to stay with it um, as well. Um, but I'm hearing good things about sessions, but they still have some limitations that everyone is there's They're trying to catch up. Yeah. And I think that's the part that's, that is kind of frustrating when you look at, there's never been a perfect EHR. It's like, this is a little better for this. This is a little better for that. Simple practice has been on the cutting edge, but they did change their pricing structure in a way that like we we're not stoked about. Um, so, you know, I think therapy notes is, doing a really good job. They have, um, uh, pretty, uh, similar, uh, resources, um, yeah. as simple practice. So things needed in moving from group practice to your own practice. Um, I don't know if you, if we had the roadmap picture. Okay. But basically, and this is kind of hard because this is the first step, right? This, this financial stuff that we're covering. So lean in here dig in deeply because this is really critical to outcomes for your business and for your clients. 
But some of the steps are also figuring out financially what you need in order to leave that group practice. You'll need marketing in place. All the things that we cover in business school is really like how we help people do that. Um, but this, what we taught today is yeah. essential. Yeah. But then of course you're going to need your informed consent. Um, you're going to need a way to take care of your records. So that is the EHR and the EHR usually comes with the way to actually bill the client and keep track, give them receipts, all of that. Um, think of your EHR as like your like automated receptionist. Yeah. They take care of your filing. They take care of your numbers. They take care of all the things if you utilize them. Um, so I would set up your, um, and sometimes they even come with some of the informed consent that give you sample documents mm -hmm. that you can play with. So you can go from there. All right. I want to make sure we get a chance to do the drawing. What do you guys think? Are we ready for drawing time? Anybody want to win an Etsy gift card or an entry to business school for therapists? Who wants to win business school? Who wants to win Etsy? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's see if Eden can send us who the winner is because we don't pick that. No, we don't pick it. <laughs> Eden, Eden, who's our winner? Although I just, I realized, Eden, do you know to text us the winner? <laughs> it might take us a second. Yay, business school. Yes, yes, yes. And <laughs> she's going to try to send it to us on the other side of it. Do, do, do. Because it goes too fast through the chat and then we lose. Or, or Eden, if you want to unmute. You can, and, you can announce it. And Eden. announce the winner. Go for it. Eden isn't here. Elise. Elise. <laughs> Never. So I get to be the hero and the enemy. Hey, Jenny. <laughs> so our Etsy card uh, gift drawing winner is Val Smith Bird. Congratulations, Woo! Val. Congratulations. Um, put your email in the chat and Jenny will email you the information for your Etsy gift card. Congratulations. All right. Who wins business Who wins school, Jenny? Business school, Jenny? So our business school winner is Erica Vivian. Oh, congratulations, Ooh, Erica. Congratulations. You won. That's awesome. Erica, Erica. Can we all give a big thanks to Jenny for... Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We're going to stay on and still answer some more questions. But congrats, Val and Erica. So excited for you. Erica, we'll look forward to getting to know you this upcoming round. Sunny asks... Oh, okay. And someone anonymous, I left my job only to realize that I should have stayed and build slowly, but now I'm here. I'm sometimes wonder about getting a new part-time job to have a steady mm. check. I'm currently with a group practice, but I'm working on building my own. Any thoughts or recommendations? Look, we all have different privileges and abilities of risk-taking. I would not say like, you should go just, you know, take the leap and trust and manifest. Look, you know your situation. What do you need in order to keep your body and regulated in a calm state mm -hmm. so that you can do something well? Um, some people work really well under that pressure. Other people do not. Mm -hmm. So give yourself the gift of honoring what you need in order to go back and build it in a way that really does work for you. I think also the thing to think about too is like, I think of like if you're part of a group practice, that is a part-time job. Yeah. So there's something about that that feels like I'm starting out on my own. If that was the case, you like that's where you should be starting everything from scratch. Is it that the group practice 
that they're building you slowly? Or are you still responsible for all of your marketing? Like, what does that look like? So that's the, that's the other part too. You know, sometimes a group practice owner says like, Hey, this is going to build slowly. This is what this looks like. This is what to be prepared for. And so have a real conversation. Um, It may be that it makes more sense for you to have a steady paycheck and then really, truly go out on your own Yeah. um, where you're not kind of sitting there feeling like, oh, I'm just sitting and waiting versus like, no, I'm starting my business. I'm going through the steps. Which one do you want to do, Sunny? Yeah. I live in a home, uh, a separate, I live, the home I live in has a separate (laughs) studio with separate entrance that I want to convert into my office. Is there a negative to having an office that is also on the same side as your home? We have a whole lesson on this in business school. But it's not necessarily negative, but it does change your processes in order to create safety. It does change maybe who you will work with and who you will not. The hours you have, those kinds of things, and the safety planning is going to look different. But there's lots of people that do it, and it works for them. Yeah, I think that's the part is like, what does that look like? What's your family situation? Is it going to, are you going to hear your baby crying on the other side of the wall? Is that going to be distracting? Um, is your dog going to be barking? What does that look like? So there's, there's a lot of logistics to look through. Uh, what systems do I need to organize my practice? What software and how do I build? Again, this goes into an EHR. A good EHR should have a way for you to take care of, of your records a way to organize the finances, a way to build clients, a way to message clients, Mm -hmm. just keep credit cards and HSA cards on file, um, all of that. So it kind of takes, takes that in there, a way to send the paperwork for a client to sign for them to do an online intake and have all those signatures and take care of all of that um, and make it easy peasy. Um, How do I find clients? We're going to be talking about that tomorrow. (laughs) We're going to be talking about uh, marketing 101. Um, so we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more detail than we can, um, here today. What should be on our checklist in terms of what is needed to start? We have a whole checklist on our (laughs) blog as well. Uh, maybe Elise can post that link there, but we also have an intensive checklist in our business school where we go over everything and we do it for other countries as well as us. Yeah. Cause there's a, there are a lot of moving parts and pieces and even we're list them out. A, just off the top of our head, we'll probably miss one of them. Like that's just a, a, a realistic thing. And you'd say, well, how do I do that step? How do I do that step? We have links to all of the steps of exactly how to do that. I plan to open an online practice soon using DoxyMe. I'm interested in knowing more about electronic signature technology. You, you know, really use an EHR, avoid DocuSign. You need something, not just that you can digitally sign, but you need it to be encrypted and HIPAA compliant which means a lot, military grade encryption backed up in two remote places. So you're gonna do best by getting an EHR for that. How do you go about finding the best CPA or tax account for your business? They will also help you file your business paperwork. So filing your business paperwork um, to file as a business, that's an attorney. To file for taxes and any kind of fees and registration fees, that would be your accountant. Uh, Finding an accountant, uh, we've gone through several. We have some that we recommend in in business school. It varies. Uh, Sometimes they get too tired and burnt out and then the service starts to change. So um, we recommend you start talking to friends and family and start asking what accountants they have. We have a whole like how to interview an accountant questions to ask them in business school as well. So there you want to go through and find three, go through an interview process and then pick the best out of that for you. Um, 
All right. So for the people who are here, and we want you to make sure and post your final questions here. Um, and so we can get to those. I know there's lots of people that have had to go for different reasons or what have you. Um, and so we want to make sure that you have your questions answered, whether that's about starting a private practice or about business school. Do you have any thoughts on using AI for patient index yes. um, or using one to answer questions that may come up in a consultation or FAQ? Yes, I've actually known some people who have started software for this and then they've killed it because of the risk factors involved. No one yet knows how to mitigate the risk that if uh, certain things were said, sure, if someone said suicide in the word, the AI could alert the clinician. But if it's said in a more subversive way, the technology just isn't there yet. Um, and so I think you got to remember the what makes this effective work is the relationship. So is building the relationship starts in putting together all these things to start your practice. Then the next step is the conversation that you have. That's going to really influence your outcomes. And then the ongoing conversations you have in the clinical practice. So don't avoid it. It's clinically necessary in yeah. our viewpoint. Yeah. Follow up on the previous um, of having left a full-time job and currently at a group practice. The group I'm with, it's doing good. I have clients, I could stay there, but there's a clause that says I can't work anywhere else while being there. Although I'm an independent contractor, I wonder if there's a way that I could stay at the group practice and still work in private practice on the side rather than wasting time and valuable energy looking for a new part-time. I just want to clarify to see if this changes what you think. So here's the part that's really interesting. If you're an independent contractor, the idea, the legal definition of that is that you are a business owner. Yes. So it's a weird thing to tell an independent contractor that's a business owner that they can't do their business. Can't do that. <laughs> There's some, you know, and again, this has been clarified in a lot of states um, and it's definitely clear from a federal level, but states have gone in to a lot of therapy practices and it's, and it's state by state, East coast, West coast. It's not just a California thing saying, Hey, um, no, your primary thing is therapy. You're wanting this person to work here long time, long term. You cannot say you can't work for somebody else. That's part of why like people can be on Uber and they can be on Lyft because you can't tell someone, well, you can, if you're working for us, you can only work for us. Otherwise you wouldn't see people like Uber would absolutely say, no, it's, it's us or the highway. Right. So there's a reason that that's there. And if, and Uber has done all kinds of sketchy things. If Uber could do that and tell them they couldn't work for Lyft, I pinky promise people would like, you'd only see one sticker in the door or in the window. I know that sounds like a weird example, but I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Um, although if you're in a rural area, that doesn't make any sense to you, so. Yeah. How do you, can you go down one? Oh. Yeah. How do you handle pricing for paperwork, STD collaboration meetings outside of sessions? Uh, you prorate. Uh, a lot of any kind of work that you're doing. So you need to know this fee um, because the idea is that if you weren't doing that work, you could fit in another client. So you're going to prorate. Yeah. Now in terms of like copying, like when we say paperwork, so the notes, we need to put that in, work that into the session time. Right. So that's why a lot of people have a 45 minute session, but they're charging for like an hour basically. So they have the 15 minutes outside of that. Um, just making a copy of the records isn't there's some specific regulations per state of how much you can charge per um, uh, 
per time or, or what have you. Um, but when it comes to anything uh, in terms of like the collaboration, making phone calls, all of that, we can go forward. All right. How to handle the good faith estimate that will not scare clients with the total estimated cost. <laughs> so this is the part. They're going to get the same thing everywhere they go. There's nothing to be scared of. It's all going to be okay. Um, and with a good faith, faith estimate, can we provide it per request? No, this is one of the things that has been clarified. The way that it was written up initially, it was a little bit unclear, but we've checked with several lawyers because I'm like in this place of like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like this is dumb, um, but no. And the thing about the good faith estimates so interesting is it was literally developed um, in relation to unfair practices that insurance companies were using. And, and then they got, out of it. they got out of it. So it came on to us. So it's this really funny, but not so funny thing. Right. Um, do you work with anyone in B school who is licensed in the U S but wants yes. to be location independent, yes. for example, maintaining licensure in U S absolutely yeah, for sure. And we have people that are doing that now. And yeah, people now are people being punished. We're, we're, we're definitely being inconvenienced. It's, BS. Um, it's not okay um, with a good faith estimate. We've had free trainings on this before, Maria, in terms of templates for notes and all of that. Um, and we do have, we have, we bring in guest speakers for our business school. And we have a whole thing on that, but we do talk about uh, a lot of collaborative note taking so that the note is done in session. Yeah. Make your life so much easier. All right, y'all. I'm actually, this is, I'm getting weak in the knees. I've been standing up so long <laughs> providing trainings to y'all. So I'm going to start to wrap this up. Oh my goodness gracious. What a day, right? I want to tell you for a second, for those of you that are here that are trying to figure out, I know that this is an investment This uh, for business school. I know it's not right for everybody. That's okay. But it is right for you for identify as a helper, or a healer. You love doing good for the world. If you're committed to success, but you just need the direction and support to get there. Maybe you get overwhelmed or frustrated sometimes, but you never get up on something that's truly important to you. You're going to love this program. If you are someone who enjoys not only learning impactful tools, skills, and strategies, but you delight in learning new things about yourself and how you work and live best. It's not right for you if you're someone who's going to wait and hope for someone else to save you, your career, your schedule, and your bank account. You can be an introvert and shy. We have so many success stories. But if you're someone who will shut down, leave your community, and not show up for support when you need it, our program isn't magic. Business school can't find you in a deep, dark hole with behind a door only you have a key to. It's not right for you if you're content with people telling you what hours you can work what pay you can receive, or when you can schedule a doctor's appointment or vacation. If you think it's okay that therapists are consistently the worst paid master's degrees, don't enroll in this program, right? This isn't a magic wand. There's no guarantee you reach your goals. You show up and take personal responsibility, be open and willing to take action. Whew, it's powerful, right? Like it is a powerful Thing. We've had over 2000 therapists go through this. We've answered every single question that can possibly get answered in our business school. You can start and enroll today and start making progress right now. You have seven days to check out the community and materials and make sure it's a good fit for you. Seven days, no question asked, money back guarantee. If you enroll, doesn't fit your needs. We don't want your money. We won't work and ask you to prove you did any work, watch any videos. You can just say it's not for me and we refund your money. 
things kick off. We're going to start the four week group coaching program on Monday to make sure you know exactly where to focus based on your goals and needs. You'll be able to submit questions in advance and watch the recording. If you can't be there live, we'll be stop stopping the new enrollments on Friday, March 18th um, at midnight Pacific. Or when we fill our cohort for this round, we have sold this out like seven times before. Yes. Uh, you're going to start progressing at your own pace and schedule right away. Then we'll dive into a two-week unlimited group coaching session, March 26th, 28th through April 8th. And you can supercharge your results with personalized help and power coaching whenever you need it. Just payment plans. You can use PayPal credit. Um, so there's lots of options here. <laughs> We're here for y'all. Okay. Um, we really, we know that the money stuff is so uncomfortable. We totally get it. Like this is just such a process um, and, and such a scary thing to move into being a business owner. But the reason we shared this in particular, as opposed to just set your fee and we'll just give you a checklist of things that you don't know what to do. Like we'd rather dive deeper into the money part and have you come away with a fee than just give you a list of things and then say, oh, you have all these questions. We can't possibly answer them now. We want you to come away with that. Um, we want you to have the experience whether you're like Ivy, who's an introvert and you're feeling like sick and you're ready to be on your own, whether you're like Safriana, who's just going like, I can't live a life um, of health um, unless I make a change. Um, or you're like somebody else who's like, I've been working so hard for other people. I'm ready to start my own thing, right? Like that is, oh my goodness. Like the, the stories that we see and the shifts that we see in our clients is just amazing, right? You're going to get the personal and business financial plan that sets you up for financial success. You're going to have your website taken care of and ideal clients are going to read through and delighted to schedule with you <laughs> and your staff an easy process for when you get full. So you're not spending your life on the phone, killing cards, you know, a website that's on the first page of Google. Like you're going to learn how to do everything that you need in your practice today and for years to come. Goodness gracious. And we know there's this thing of like, this looks great, but like, I'll just do what I can do right now. And I'll invest next time this comes around. And you're right. You are capable. You probably can do it alone, but here's the challenge. We've spent the last 11 years doing that on our own, um, walking people through who tried to do it on their own and done it the longest, hardest way and lost so much money and stress and energy along the way. Um, there's no reason you don't have to do that. You don't have to spend a nickel and dime yourself through that and be on your own with this. You've been on your own long enough, right? There's nothing. It's not like there's this free publicly available map that will get you to this destination. You can find a few blog posts by people who claim to know the way these people have really good intentions. They may even think that they've gotten to the summit themselves, but we've been doing this for 25 years with therapists from all over the world through every situation you can probably imagine recessions, pandemics, mass exodus, insurance clawbacks, partnership fails, divorces, babies, marriage, chronic illness, and so much more. What's the probability that this one blog from someone who's been in practice for a few years actually cracked the code and gets you to everything you need in the summit of your life? Chances are low, right? Everything you've achieved in your life is happened because you took a risk of some kind. That's what your schooling was, right? A risk. This is the missing link to getting the true return on investment for all that schooling and training. We're here for you. 
the support you need is being offered right in front of you. And yes, you can absolutely do this on your own, pay tens of thousand dollars and waste countless months and years and probably burn yourself out along the way. Or we're here for you. Mm -hmm. This works for you. We give our word that you'll get there better, faster, and with fewer frustrations and create even greater success with us having you do it alone. So you're welcome to join us. Yes. We'd love to have you. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and with that, we say adieu. We say adieu. Although I think there are some people that were joining business school while we were in there and I haven't even like welcomed them, which is, I, I, I always mean to do that, which is no fun. Oh my goodness. Oh, welcome Sherry and Batsaba. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so excited to have you guys here. Thank you. Thank you. Right. All right. We'll Have a you. lovely day. Cannot wait to see all the rest of y'all there. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinimi.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.